Have you ever canoed down a babbling brook? No, but I have cried at a Taco Bell. Oh, same thing. <laughs> Listen up, campers. It's time to buckle up, pitch a tent, and take a hike. Because Camp Counselors is a variety show. So prepare for a good old-fashioned kumbaya, weird news, hot gossip, and scary stories around the campfire. So spooky. <laughs> is this podcast even about camping? No, but it is camp. <laughs> this is Camp Counselors. Hey, happy campers! Welcome back to Camp Shady Birch. It is week 39. And we are crowning you guys. <laughs> oh, it hurts so good. We're pushing, we're pushing. Next week, we're going to give birth to a 40-week-year-old podcast. almost full term, y'all. So this week, we're looking for campers who are 39 weeks pregnant. If that's you, we love you, and we can't wait to meet your baby next week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you, hopefully, you name him after us. I think Jonathan's a great name. I think Zachariah is a better name. Yeah. We should name it Zachariah John. Jonathan Carson, Camp Shady Birch, insert your last name for technicalities and legalities. I think that's beautiful. Perfect. And you're going to be sure to find that on a keychain at some gift shop. I hope so. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> welcome back to Camp Counselors Podcast with Zachary Porter and Jonathan Carson. That's us. What did we do this week, baby? We went and we saw Wicked. We saw Wicked. One of the perks of being an influencer is I get a lot of free show tickets to these Broadway shows in hopes that I will talk about them on my Instagram story. And let me tell you, it is the sweetest of all deals because I could see the shittiest show in the world and say, Kumbaya, I love it so much. Actually, there's only one show I didn't like since we moved to New York. And that was, what did I not like? I think, oh, it was Little Shop of Horrors, yeah, which I, we weren't even invited to. You got me tickets to see on my birthday. Yeah, see, if I buy the tickets, I hate it. If I get it for free, I love it. <laughs> no, I just did not like Little Shop of Horrors. But Wicked was like an easy yes, because I have already seen it. You had already seen it. And it's like, okay, no one hates Wicked. The wickedly talented Adele disease. They're literally making the Wicked movie after the musical because it's so talented. Yeah, and everybody we told we were seeing Wicked, they were like, oh my God, with Ariana Grande. Yeah, why do people keep thinking that we were seeing, like, do people not know that's a movie? Yeah, they're making it into a movie, y'all. I'm and sure. And that's different from the Broadway show. Our campers are smart people. They're aware that this is going to be a, a movie. But we saw the Broadway show and it was amazing. Oh my God, Wicked, the theater alone is so much bigger than like every other show we've seen. And they sell it out on a Wednesday night, which is insane. And it was amazing, like the set, the design, it was awesome. We really enjoyed it. But we know you're very aware of the story. We know that you know a lot about Wicked. You know everything about El Faba. You know, but you know what you don't know a lot about? Jonathan, his entire life, has been a theater kid. So <sighs> this episode, the start of this episode is really dedicated to our theater kid audience here at Camp Shady Birch. I feel like we attract theater kid and obviously camp counselor energy. So I think yeah. they're one in the same. Absolutely. And I since so since you run the summer theater workshop. Yes, I as do. Director, producer, and musical ensemble. I just do choreography, obviously. But Jonathan really is the the brains behind the operations of our summer theater program here. The, the man behind the curtain. The man behind the curtain. You really brought it right back. I sure did. To Wicked. Were you yes, ever in Wicked? No, I wasn't. But I could sing it like no other. Yes, you could, baby. Mm -hmm. You're my show tunes king. Well, why don't you tell... Let's let the campers know a little bit about your your theater, your theater past. Well, don't let my outfit fool you if you're watching on YouTube. I am dressed like a stagehand, but I was always front and center on that stage. Well, not really front and center, usually like back, even further back, usually like over to the left. <laughs> so um, when I was younger, there was this program uh, where I lived and it, there were four different counties and you would be in acting classes and you'd have to be enrolled in these acting classes to be able to audition for the main show, right? So the acting classes, they would put on a little showcase and it was cute, it was whatever, but it was like held in a church, you know? 
And then you really wanted to be in the big show. And every, uh, I think they did it four times a year, maybe twice a year. I don't remember. But each county would have a different show. And then the following quarter, I believe it was quarters, they would do like a whole nother show and you'd have to enroll in the classes and all that fun stuff. Um, but I was in quite a number of the plays. Wait, I, quick question. I, yeah. have, I'm so, I have so many questions. You're running oh, right okay. through it. What, where, what was it called? We're in Illinois. It was called uh, CYT, Christian Youth Theater. I, the, uh, the churches always run the theater programs. They always do. I, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, the churches are still keeping community programming alive. I think that they are I in a culty way, for it's sure. It's the YMCA in the churches. They're the only ones really out here really bringing the community together. Whether you support it or not, they really have a lot. I feel like churches as a whole always are running community programs. Yeah, because it's like communal. So was sure. this a church program? Were you like, was there any church involved it, or was it just run by the church? No, I think it was just run by the church. It wasn't really churchy. They didn't really... They would be like, okay, before the show, let's bow our heads and say a quick prayer. Like, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, like, have a great show. But other than that, it wasn't really, like, super religious. I'm not a religious person, <clears throat> but one day when I'm in some sort of show environment, I'm going to make the entire backroom audience, not the backroom, but the people behind the scenes, yeah, hold hands in a prayer circle and just say a prayer. Just because I've seen it in every musician's documentary, and it just feels so camp to like hold hands with like the roadies and the crew and be like, we're going to put on a great show for the glory of God and everybody here celebrate you and this audience. It's going to be amazing and healthy and beautiful. So I think it's a great way to start. You know, you're sending it out to the universe no matter what you believe in. I do. I'm being a little silly right now, but I do think it's great. I don't know, juju, aura, whatever you believe in. Yeah, for oh, sure. And then who who was bringing you to these events? Uh, my mother Ugh. and my father. My dad did too. Both of my parents greatly appreciate. We would roll up in our in our um, our our minivan and just, you know, give it a good shot. Because it wasn't school affiliated. So I feel like it's easier to do these kind of things when you're like in a school environment. Right, because it's after school, after hours. Sometimes we would have shows that were on school days. We would do Thursday, Friday shows like back to back that I would have to be taken out of school for. And I thought I was hot shit because of that. I was like, yeah, I'm playing tree number four. That's why I'm not going to be in school Thursday and Friday. Can someone like write down the homework assignments? Thank you. How far was this place? Because I like as, as an older person, I'm only thinking about your mother being like, what a my mother, lover, lover to pieces. If I ever wanted to quit something, she would be so for it because it meant that she would do less driving. Like to haul your kids around to yeah. sporting events, dancing, like stuff like that. It is such a, a selfless act. And Barb is such a selfless woman like that. So like how far from like your house to this communal space was it? Like the I would say probably like 20 minutes because it was usually like, oh, bad. yeah, you would rehearse in the same church <laughs> and then we would make it to the theater and they usually did them at the same theaters in each county. And it was just, I was, in, I stayed in my county for the most part. Um, but it was like a lot of homeschool kids usually. Like I was one of the rare ones that wasn't a homeschool kid. And I was like, mom, I'm gonna be homeschooled so bad. Like also a lot of them were like siblings. Like there were families of like 10 kids and they would all be in the show. It was, it was not, the more I think about it, the more like weird and culty it kind of is. Well, what shows were you in? Oh God, the list goes on and on. The first one I was in was Little Women and then I was in Aladdin. Well. You run through stories so fast. Everyone <laughs> wants to know who you were in the store. In the play. We were one of the little women. No, I wasn't. God, I wish I was. Homophobia. I know, right? But that was, I don't want to go through every single one because it's kind of, okay. they don't all have great stories. But I will say for little women, yeah. while we were rehearsing, they had these uh, floor mics, which is mics in the floor um for like the dance scenes or whatever. But while we were rehearsing, one kid, thank God it was a rehearsal, but one kid was sitting on it and he let one rip. 
and the entire auditorium echoed oh, with that bellowing fart. That's like my worst nightmare. And then the rest of the time it was like, who was that? It was Jeremy. Everybody was blaming Jeremy and Jeremy's like, I swear it wasn't me. I don't think it was him. I think it was Kimberly. It is such Kimberly energy. Kimberly's, the, everyone knows that a Kimberly has a, a, a wet fart coming out of her ass 24 seven. A Kimberly, a Kimbo. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then the next play I did was Aladdin, which I got my very first line, which wasn't technically my line. So here we are. The curtains open and there's an entire scene that plays out while like six of us were we were the the palace guards we were hiding like behind the the sets because we don't come out till the song starts which is like five minutes into the scene so we have to hide there like crouch down the whole time well the kid who's next to me he's on the same tower as me he's like i have to go to the bathroom so bad and i'm like okay well we're gonna be like on stage for the next 10 so like can you what what do you want me to do about it and he's like if I hop off this, you need to you need to handle my line. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was kind of like, okay, then go, go. Like, you need to get out. It was the first time I ever heard somebody say prairie dogging. He was like, I'm prairie dogging. I was like, that's cute. Get off the stage. He gets off the stage. The scene starts. I had one line. I was not mic'd up, so I had to project. I messed up the line and I yelled it and my voice cracked. Oh. So that was, that was fun. Well, that was the first play I was ever in. Oh, what were you? I was the lead guard. Okay. Wait. We how played, come I never put that together? Palace guards. We were we were we were cast as the same team actually. So I was not very similar again. I was not the lead guard. Okay. There was three of us, and mm. the lead guard, um, three weeks before the show, was doing so bad academically that they had to pull him out. Oh, a school play. Yeah, it was a school play. Okay. It was a school play. So a lower tier than gotcha. Yeah, a lower tier than mine. Your your yours wasn't a school play, but it was all yeah. So my I was in a school play. You were in a homeschool play. Let's yes. call it what they were. Uh, well, it was, it was at a professional theater that people had to pay tickets for. We were doing the play Disney Disney Aladdin Junior. So it was the Aladdin Junior. Less swearing. Yeah. Okay. So it was a little watered down, but I will say. So my line was well, it was his line, but they kicked him out. They said Tommy gets the curb. That was the same boy. I gave full name and everything he was the one that was homophobic to me growing up okay yeah so i was like karma is my boyfriend Damn. karma is a god karma <laughs> took your karma took your line um so i took his line and it was an, it was actually a song and um it was when jafar was doing his big number at the end after he steals slave leia and she's like in that little Jasmine. yeah but she gives such slave leia energy in that scene she's so hot in that scene with that little red number anyways sorry but um <laughs> jafar is in his whole like rap song at the end and i go whole rap song yeah well it's kind of rap because like the, he's like the assets are frozen the venue is chosen the end of the earth will be you know that part in the movie yeah wow so there's one part where the lead guard says his prospects take a terminal dip um, and that was me. And wow. I, yeah. And the audience erupted in roaring applause yeah. for my four second line. They just knew. They knew it was a star on the rise. Yeah. I was giving that at age 11. I'm sorry. I want to cut you off, but I was also the same character as you. No, I love that. Palace Guards for Life. Like, that's incredible. Should we get those tattooed on us? Palace Guards for Life with the two um, swords. Yeah. And they like the now, pair of swords. Yeah. Did you have that? What was that like for you? Did you have that prop? Yeah. We had the sword prop. We did a lot of jazz squares for transitional scenes. What was yours made out of? I, babe, your memory for your youth is <laughs> unbelievable. I hear how ridiculous it is, but ours was literally a plank of wood and it was so goddamn heavy. And oh, yeah, somebody's heavy. somebody snapped on um on the stage. No, because I think Amazon has like a prop sword that you can just purchase. Yeah, for sure. Like a plastic one, a, a, a lighter one, but no real swords were used. So don't worry, everybody. Um, and then the next play I was in was Alice in Wonderland, which again, I really thought I was going to get the Mad Hatter. This was your favorite play, correct? 
This was my favorite play because they did they did a really cool take on it where it was Alice through the looking glass and there was parts that they did in black light, like when she goes through the looking glass and everything was black light. And there was a double Dutch scene with like this crazy like techno music and the people who were holding the ropes had white gloves on. So all you could see were like the white gloves and the white ropes and then Alice and her like whole garment was made up to like look really cool. Um, so I definitely, that's when I learned how to double dutch. It sounds like the person who designed the set of that scene had just watched season eight of America's Got Talent where they had those people that were doing that. Yeah, probably. That was so cool. I remember seeing something like that for the first time on television and being like, this is the, this is the future of media. Yeah, wait, this, what year was that? I don't know. I literally made season eight up completely. But I'm just—I was just making a joke. I have no idea if that's correct or not. But. Yeah, no. But that was fun when I auditioned for it again. I thought I was going to be Mad Hatter. I ended up getting um, one of the the deck of cards. But you said you knew you were going to get the deck of cards. Well, no, I was—I got the deck of cards, and then we weren't assigned our numbers until we went to the costume fitting. Oh. So I go to the costume fitting, and the woman who was doing the costumes, like God bless her, she was probably a really nice woman who like just had to put up with a lot of kids and a lot of sewing on the weekends when she wasn't working her full job because she was a volunteer. Um, so she was always like really a little scary to me. And um, she was assigning numbers to everybody. And while I'm waiting in line, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I'm feeling seven of spades. That's just like what I had in my head. I was like, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. I could just It's seven of spades. Like, that's just what it was. And then I got up there and she was like, here's your costume. Seven of spades. That is that is so specific and crazy that it, you did that. Yeah. And I like couldn't tell anybody because they would have been like, witchcraft, witchcraft, gay demon, gay demon. I didn't. They weren't like that. But it's You should whatever. have told the director that because then they would have upgraded you to that <laughs> caterpillar. Role. No, they would have been like, oh, seven of spades. Like God came and whispered it to you. You're going to be seven of spades and you're going to be put in the background of every play, which was foreshadowing. But anyway. Anyways, yeah, I had my first solo in that where they asked me to sing like terribly on purpose. And I was like, is it because I can't sing? Um, so I did that. It was really embarrassing. Uh, there was a scarecrow with a Velcro head on it that I was supposed to hit with a baseball bat. Hit an old lady in the front row right in the face. So they took the bat away from me as well. Wait, oh my God. That's, wait, what? Yeah, I like decked her in the face. It was like a vel. it was part of the song because we're, you know, the queen is going to have our heads. And that's the whole running joke because the deck of cards. You know what part I'm talking about? Yeah, Painting the roses red. And I, you know, part of the song was I hit the scarecrow's head and it's detachable and it flies in the audience and someone's supposed to catch it. And um, it's supposed to like go to a person from backstage and they, I missed the mark and I hit an old lady like right in the front row really hard. It sounds like the catcher missed the mark and not you because if they were doing their job, they would have saved that old lady's life. So long story short, she was taken away in an ambulance. <laughs> yes, and, she and I was, never survived. And I was asked never to return. Yeah, and now you have legal challenges that we're still facing today. Thank you yeah, so much. We can't talk about our it completely. resident lawyer. Yeah, but it was great. I th hey, I thought it was the shit, but I never really got a full-on lead role, except in The Lion King when I played Zazu. Oh, that's a lead. Yeah, and they had a song that I couldn't remember the lyrics for. Well, that's why, babe. <laughs> it was bad. This is kind of a, the position of the lead is to remember the lyrics. Yeah, I know, I know. But there was one time where um, they were doing a repeat show in our county. So I was like, okay, well, they're doing a different show that I haven't done. It wasn't Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I wanted to do uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was in a completely different county. So that's a cooler show. For a whole like quarter of a year, I had my mom drive me to an entirely different county to do a different show that I hadn't done. Thank you, mom. She is such a good mom. My, my, my mom would have never, she would have said, take a taxi and figure out the money. Yeah, right? I'm not doing it. That's amazing. I, see, we both we both did theater in middle school. We did not do theater in high school because the world knew we had to reserve 
our energy for later in life performances. Yeah, I was a little, I retired, I hung up the the smock at that point for just a little bit. You know, I was done by the time I got to high school. I was like, I don't want to do a high school play. Actually, the high school plays are better, I think. I would have to agree at this point. I agree. I was also in the play Godspell. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. School. They only had a couple leads. It was like John the Baptist or Jesus. And the rest of us were just kind of like um, disciples. But there was a song in the show. It was called Salt of the Earth. And there was two lead singers. It was me and the other kid who had I previously stolen the role from. Tommy again. Oh, wow. Um, we had competing solos. And he definitely was the stronger of the singers. But I, I'll never forget it. Night two, I decided <laughs> to give a little riff in my song. Okay. Like, you want to I give really, an example? So I think it, the lyrics goes... And if that light's under a bushel, it's lost something kind of crucial. So I swear to God, I'm like laughing thinking about it. I did. And if that light's under a bushel, it's lost something kind of crucial. I did. Like, <laughs> I swear, kind of crucial. And wait, the, the 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 audience, all joking aside, they were gagging for this one. They re there was an uptick in applause in the song. I'm not <laughs> lying. And I went backstage and everybody was like, what the freaks act? That was so freaking good. Okay, literally had to collect myself because I was like, not me putting the show on its head. <laughs> now the critics are calling. Yeah, I can imagine how you were at uh, Curtain Call. You were probably just like, yes, it uh, was me. Yeah, it was so, It was a fierce moment. It was, I think my parents were in the audience and I was like, okay, like they're here. Let's really step it up. I really just took it on my own. I, I will never forget it. Um, that was a crazy show. It's all about, it's like a 1970s like retelling of the Bible. And at the end of it, they have, they like, um, they like, what did they put? They crucified Jesus, right? But in, in the movie, in the original musical. But don't, I haven't seen the movie. Don't spoil it. Well, you know how it ends. They, they do it in a way where on the stage production, they have like a chain link fence around him. So they can't, so the, the disciples can't get to him. So we have to like. Almost like, so he's like on the cross and then all the disciples are on the ground and we're like kind of like clawing at the fence, like, like shaking it and like in rage and like crying and screaming. So that part I always live for. Like I, I was just like a part of the ensemble then, but I, you know me, I was throwing my head back like, what? <laughs> you were giving like, your, uh, your oh Sarah Paulson. They were like, okay, we've given you a lot of leash and now we're going to pull you back in. But it's always better to give too much and be brought back and not give enough. Yeah, 100%. This is stage acting. This isn't screen acting. you got to sell it to the person. I want the person in the in the last row to hear your voice and to feel the emotion. No, I agree. And SAG, SAG reached out after and they wanted me to be a part of the SAG. And I was just like, you know what? I'm also hanging up my acting smock. Yeah. And I, I put it on the back burner because I was scared to do um, high school theater because I was like, I'm already gay enough. Let's let's put, <laughs> not, let's talk about a second target on my back. Oh, God. But to all of our theater listeners out there, theater lovers, theater watchers, theater participants, and even you roadies in the backstage, we love you stagehands. Attention campers, please meet at the old flagpole under the tall pine for morning announcements. Attention campers, I just want you all to know, I know it's been highly anticipated, the reveal of this year's play here at Camp Shady Birch. What is it? It's going to be... Ah! Marley and Me the Musical. I call the dog. All right. Well, hey, that role is up for grabs. And I have to say, everybody, I, we have to audition blindly. So you're going to get just as just as much of a chance as anybody else. Um, but we will be holding those auditions 10 minutes after this episode airs. So, um, so hurry up. Jennifer Aniston and Owen Wilson mm -hmm. were the leads in the movie. And they did a fantastic job. Yeah, with like a little more music. Yeah, like, oh no, I did Marley die? Oh no, I miss my little puppy in the sky. 
Oh, that's yeah. heart-wrenching. Guess who's writing the music? Oh. Anyway, this is Morning Announcements Campers. If you're new here, this is the part of the show where we share news that you might have missed that we feel like you should know about. Nothing too popular. Maybe it is. Who knows? Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Why not? So this article is coming from your favorite news source. Is it UPI? No, it's Daily Mail. Oh, I do love... You love UPI. I love the Daily Mail. Yeah. Okay, so this is a very long... They love to give a long title. That gives away a lot. Yeah, I. It, you don't even have to read a Daily Mail article. You can just read the title. And then if you click on it, they give you like f- the breakdown of the bullet points and the, on to the next. I do like when a news article gives you the bullet points because at that point, I don't need to read. Right. Oh, wait, what is it? What is the article? All right, so this article is titled, Georgetown Professor is Ordered to Remove Two Giant Transformer Statues That Cost $25,000 Each from the Entrance of His $3.75 Million Townhouse After a Two-Year Fight with Neighbors. And that's the article. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that is the article. Is, okay, are there pictures that you can put up on the uh, yes. YouTube? Yes, there's pictures. There was a whole YouTube video that was done. Um, the guy's definitely loving the attention that he's getting from all of this. What kind of professor is he? He Okay, wait. So he's a really smart guy. So he's 53 years old. His name is uh, Newton Howard. And he's a former CIA analyst. So he worked for the CIA. First of all, if you worked for the CIA, why are you allowed to talk about that? Shouldn't that like be like... An NDA. Yeah, I don't know. Ray Finn Simone made her sexual partner sign an NDA before they did the boom boom. Yeah. But this guy's talking about his analyst previous jobs. Come That's on. true. That's Take true. a note out of Raven Simone's book. <laughs> so, and this is all taking place in Washington, D.C. So uh, in January 2021, he got these two giant statues of Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. I'll put a picture right here. And he custom he got them custom made from Taiwan. And like I said in the title of this article, it cost him $25,000 each. That's $50,000. He also had one that was on his roof, which wasn't really addressed in this because it wasn't apparently an issue. But that's $25,000 each. Why? I don't know. Because he also said he wasn't, he was like, I love the movies, but I'm, I'm not like a huge Transformers fan. So what? He's wants the attention. So, um, I don't know, kind of. He's not even a huge fan of the movies. He said that the reason he put them up was that for him, it symbolizes transformation and just kind of like the continuation of accepting others. It was very like... It Bullshit. Was very- no one's thinking that when they watch Transformers. They're like, where the hell is Megan Fox? Yeah, I was... Li- <laughs> I was listening to his interview that he did in this YouTube video where they have slow-mo video of him smoking tobacco out of a pipe. So I was like, this is really so performative. performative. So performative. It is. But he, you know, he was smart. He had a lot to say. And I kind of agreed with him on most of his points. Um, but these things are like giant and they're heinous. And it's hard for him to like get into. It's like kind of blocking his door. But again, these are townhouses. Very expensive townhouses. But townhouses like nonetheless. So when he posts pictures of them, people are showing up from out of town. Yeah, taking pictures. It becomes this whole thing. People are like leaving trash, apparently. Um, So his neighbors complained to the D.C. Public Spaces Committee. And that committee was like, hey, you should like really take them down because this is the historic district and you can't have those. And wait, listen to his reasoning. So he protested the board's ruling and spent allegedly, this is what the article says, and I don't know how the hell he was spending all this money. It said he spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to keep his statues up. There was a virtual meeting and he hired two voice actors to portray the voices of Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. And during this, he had them like plea his side 
with like a script he gave them in the voices of like the Transformers. How weird is that? But he's not a major fan of the movie franchise. Right. I'm like, come on now. And again, his argument was he's like, oh, we're in the historic district, but in their stories, Bumblebee and Optimus Prime are thousands of years old. They're practically prehistoric. Oh, I, it was a lie. It was a lie. Well, everyone has a right to like put whatever's on their property as heinous as it is. Right. But if you're in a historical area, there is laws like preserving like whatever. And townhouses are like row houses essentially, right? Yeah. And then it started getting a little muddy because they were like, where you have it is technically public space on the sidewalk because they're right out front yeah, of the house. Yeah, that's public space. And they're like, well, you can't do that. And also he didn't get a permit to get them installed. So had he gotten a permit, they probably would have stopped him. But they were like, even if you were trying to just like do something that you wanted to do, you kind of got to get a permit to put something out front of your house, which he didn't do. Um, And one of his students made a petition on change.org to have him keep his statues. It was this whole thing. And I don't know why it blew up like it did, but I, I really enjoyed reading about it in this article. And there was like just over like 950 signatures oh of God. the 1,000 needed to do what? I don't know. I signed one petition on change.org in 2017 and those motherfuckers will not stop emailing me. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what I signed? I don't think anything ever happened from it. Yeah. How often are things being changed by change.org? Yeah, where's the follow-up email? Yeah, hey, you changed what you wanted to No, nothing changed. It's true. Except my spam folder and it's increasing. Stay the same .org. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for that article. Uh, It's not been removed. They have not been removed. He's still trying to fight it, but he's being fined like thousands of dollars. And I'm like, where are you coughing up this money? He's a professor at Georgetown. He's got money. Yeah, I'm former CIA agent. And he's got tenure. Mm. Oh my God, and he's got a pension, a double pension. He's caking it. Anyways, that's weird. I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're so ugly. And the video that was done inside of his house, and he has other statues of like superheroes. And I'm like, all right. I mean, hey, do your thing, but it's this, uh, not the choice I would have made. The sexual tension between Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox in the first Transformers was unbelievable. It was palpable. Oh my god! You mean a girl who knows how to work a car? They were so hot collectively, individually. I just, I loved the first one. I think we're on nine, and I think it's enough. I actually just got invited to the Transformers premiere by TikTok, and I said no because I was like, I don't care. And every motherfucking influencer in the world was at the New York premiere and the LA premiere, which means that Transformers, the production company, who's ever like hosting it or whatever, is throwing so much money into influencer marketing, like. Like, I should never be invited to that. What about my personal brand, says Transformers? Like, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And even this, I'm like, is this a plug for the movie? Like, why are we all talking about Transformers right now? It's so weird. But I'm looking at other random creators. I'm like, what? Like, no one one that follows me would be like, oh, I've got to see that movie now. Yeah. Well, you never know. No, I know. And it's random. (laughs) It's weird. I was like, guys, I don't need to be there. But thank you so much for the offer. Like, what? Like, no. Me on the red carpet in front of Bumblebee. Like, that's just Bumblebee. Stupid. That looks stupid. I don't need to be for that. <laughs> Somebody else, go for it. Uh, so what have you got for us? Anything Transformer related? No, but it's so juicy. This article is by Hannah Daly from Billboard.com. If you didn't know, I was also a writer for Billboard.com. I have three articles. If you search Zachary Porter, I have three articles published on Billboard.com. Come on now. Haley Williams apologizes for kicking fan out of Paramore show. In quotes, I don't feel proud. 
Oh. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. So she was at Madison Square Garden, I believe, last weekend. And during, I don't know if she did multiple shows, but she was there enduring one of her songs, the song Figure Eight, which she claims is one of her favorite songs to perform. I wasn't really, I don't really like love Figure Eight. Yeah. Do you know that song? I don't know if I do. Oh, wait, we'll play it later. If you know, you know. But she was in the middle of performing it, and there was a video that went viral on TikTok where someone's like it literally says on tiktok it says like caught in 4k being kicked out of paramore and this girl's recording her like hearing this song and there's this guy and they're on the ground and he's like barreling through the audience like a goddamn bulldozer like shoving people to get to this like girl who he clearly like knows or whatever and like as he's shoving through people are getting like visibly pissed a because he's like barreling through and and b because like hello like i'm sitting here to be this close because i was here like that's like just concert etiquette like you can't just like barrel through to get to the front or whatever yeah so there starts to become an altercation between like people around being like what are you doing what are you doing so she stops the entire song like lifts like the floodlights or whatever and she says, yes, I will embarrass both of you. Find somewhere else to take care of that shit. And like, she's like on the edge of the stage kind of pointing at them and like oh. the lights are on and they start to get this like giant like crowd cheer, right? Because like at its core, what he's doing is like inappropriate and she like, they ended up getting like escorted out or whatever. Can I ask you, were they like fighting? No, I think it just kind of seemed like people who was fighting, they weren't fighting, but okay. people were fighting the, him because right, of course. he was being aggressive and weird. I think he was probably drunk or something, but they looked really embarrassed, obviously, because they're at a Paramore show and Paramore's pointing at them being like, get the hell out. Like, if you're going to act like this and leave or whatever. Yeah. So she ended up like, and, and like, no one was mad at Paramore. Like, no one's mad at Haley. Everyone's like, okay, like, applaud the band, applaud them for like getting them out of there. But she apparently felt like, really really guilty like even though the fans and audience like praised her for her actions she posted a lengthy apology for having embarrassed the hell out of these two people without truly knowing what the situation was she further and then she's posting this on like a like what is it called it's not a patreon used to have one behind a paywall yeah or like a group it's like a, a discord oh discord she posted on the page the paramore discord like my outsides were trying to maintain a control of a situation i felt that myself and my bandmates were responsible for without the opportunity for a proper back and forth and with a looming strict show curfew in the back of my mind i bared my teeth like a mother wolf as a group all 25 of us or so exiled these people from the show in record time um, it was a moment that I would not fully process for a couple days when a friend showed me a video from the inside of the crowd up close to the action. Like, I think she probably saw that TikTok. Right. In hindsight, though, um, the uh, paramour worried that she abused her responsibility and her platform in that moment, that she hurt those two in a way that will outlast the mo uh, momentary discomfort of their poor concert etiquette. To me, I think she's being really hard on herself. Me too. And I think it's like, I like, it's such like an empath on her to be like, to see the TikTok after and be like, oh my God, I think I took it too far. But like me watching it, the video, like even from the perspective of seeing it right then and there, I'm like, no girl, I think you read the room appropriately. Like, Yeah, I was gonna say, she's just always been such like an unproblematic queen. And for her to like have to make an apology for these people who were wiling out for absolutely no reason. And it's funny, no one was like, there was no backlash. Yeah. Like not her like listing an apology when no one was mad at her. Even after the video like went viral, everyone was like, good for them. Like, I yeah. agree. But I think she just saw that because I saw the faces of the two of them when she was like kicking them out and they looked mortified as would anybody be. Well, right? check yourself. Ex check yourself. Exactly. I think she just thought like whatever, whatever. And she had recently like um, like made a comment at a show about Ron DeSantos being like, if you support him, then like 
and go fuck out. Like, yeah, or like just like, or like, or like, rather fucking die or whatever. And she's like, I think she's trying to find a way to better, um, like in that case, she was like, I want to find a better, like, sense of discourse with things I don't agree with versus going to like the most extreme. Right. Like, I think there's more commendability and more like, I don't know, what was she on her, like, healing or like more room for discussion on how to like right these wrongs than going right for the jugular. And I think this was a mirror of that being like, she wishes she would have been like a little bit more, I don't know. But how could she? Right. You're in the middle of a show. Right. No one's mad at you, Haley. And I just think it's so funny that you uh, put an apology out there when no one was upset. But it really just goes to show you your character. Because she yeah, really, it really does. was gutted. Mm-hmm. Gutted. That's all I got. So I, people just really check yourself. People act crazy at some concerts. I saw this guy like dropkick some random guy uh, at a Coheed and Cambria show. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you don't even know. Why are you acting like it's this? It's the alcohol that fuels people and the excitement. But I guess. We'll put the, we'll put the link in the TikTok. We, I'll put the TikTok. We'll put it in like the, the um, Instagram thing. Yeah. Cause that's okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Cause it's kind of long, but you can really see her. But I'm like, okay. Kind of full circle. They're, um, the drum player, Zach Faro. Yeah. His girlfriend, her name's Kayla. I did theater with her. We were in those plays together. Wait. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Uh huh. You've told me that, and I you've definitely told me that before. But in this, what are the chances that we talk? That is crazy. I know. I oh my know. God, that is a classic kumbaya here at Camp Shady Birch. Mm-hmm. This is a really big secret. Thank God we're on a body of water. This is Confession Canoe. Welcome back, everybody, to Confession Canoe. Ooh, grab your oars. We haven't done this segment in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, so this is the part of the show where you can write in a confession that you want to get off your chest, a little story, something to share with us here at Camp Shady Birch, and you can submit that at campcounselorspodcast.com or email us at campcounselorspod at gmail.com. This one was so funny, so us. Like, it's just, it's so perfect for Camp Shady Birch and just like, us as people that we had to choose it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Um, hello, my favorite camp counselors. It's your karaoke queen coming in from cabin 17. You know the one. Okay, so <laughs> buckle up. This story has a five-year lifespan. It's a long one, but worth it, I hope. So I love cruises. My in-laws actually say I have an alter ego called Cruise Cali. I do it all on cruises, trivia, games, but I love karaoke. So my then boyfriend, now husband, let's call him Earl, went on a cruise with me. The night is young and so am I. Karaoke starts and I'm like, I gotta do it. Now the backstory to the song I pick is my mother used to sing the Copacabana to my brother and I as kids and dances around the kitchen. So naturally that's my karaoke song. They call my name and it's showtime. Now I can't sing to save my life, but I work the crowd. No one wants to see a good karaoke singer, but you want to see a good show. And I was giving just that. I'm salsa dancing center stage. I'm shimmying stage left and right. The crowd was going wild. It sounds like a girl that would do theater with you. (laughs) It sounds like me. I tore the house down. My husband and I go get late night pizza and a group of girls were like, how drunk are you? You did amazing at karaoke. I gave a hair flip and I'm like, that's me. I'm not drunk at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me. That's just how I am. Yeah, that's just Cruz Cali. Um, Earl is like, you really killed it. Young love will say anything to you. Oh, God. So now I'm running this high of how good I am. Um, 
Yeah, you can't. You probably can't tell her shit. You can't. I'm telling everybody back home. A year later, on another cruise, I sign up for karaoke and I bomb with the Tina Turner song "Rolling," like "Rolling," oh, mm-hmm. "Rolling," which I feel like is a good song. It's a good song, but it's it can be difficult. Yeah, but hey, every performer has a bad day, so I don't take it to heart. <laughs> I shouldn't have switched up the song. That was my thought, guys. I was so bad that the DJ called people up to help me sing. Then there was another cruise years later with my entire family, and I'm bragging about the Copacabana performance. I tell my mom and my sister-in-law and my brother, I'm the main event and you have to see me. Well, Earl tells my family he's out. I don't want to see Callie perform or really ever again. I'm like, stop. He's just hating. Um, like, why is he about to do? He hates the spotlight. I'm amazing. Like, he's <laughs> like, I don't want to watch you, which I'm like, okay, Earl, go watch your girl. This is like her element, Okay. Karaoke night comes and I'm ready. I get called up and I did so bad. I wanted to boo myself off the stage. And yes, it was the Copacabana song I did. My mom is not a fake stage mom. And she was like, yeah, you did it really bad. (laughs) I go back to my cabin and explain to Earl, my now husband, what happened. And he goes, yeah, you're not good. The only reason why the crowd loved you the first time five years ago is because you had a tank top on and you were shimmying everywhere on stage. You were actually flashing everybody. Um, okay, why didn't you say that to me? You had me thinking I was amazing and my yabos were out the whole time. I was stunned at the new realization. Five years later and two failed karaoke performances later, I finally realized I needed to hang up my mic and grab a pole instead. And that was my actual inspiration to become a stripper. But I haven't done the Copacabana or karaoke since. Truly, your karaoke stripper in Cabin 17. Wow. What an incredible roller coaster. Yeah, I cannot believe she was on this five-year like lie to herself that she's a great karaoke, but really she was flashing the audience. If I was ever on a cruise karaoke and saw someone flashing me singing the Copacabana, th- there's people out there that saw that performance that are talking about it still to this yeah, day. Yeah, to this very day. I wonder Callie, if they're listening. That's cruise Cali Kari- energy. Yeah, cruise karaoke Cali. Karaoke Cali is so crazy. And now she's up there swinging her yabos for dollar bells. Love that for she's, her journey. She's doing Tina Turner and she's like, it's just not my night. I'm so good. It was like, no, it was never your night. Your tits were out, okay? I just love like bragging about how good you did at a show because you know like it probably felt so good and she has those memories of everybody cheering her on and screaming even though her boobs were hanging out. But you know, she's just like, oh my God, you guys had to be there. Like the crowd was electric. I could feel it. It was just, it was electric. It was like, it was like nothing I can even explain to you. That is so hard because too because Earl's like, I don't want to go and she's like, you just hate that I'm in the spotlight. <laughs> she's like, you're a hater. <laughs> He's like, no, my parents are here and your wabo yabos are going to come out and oh. we know you can't, you have have no vocal range. We love you, karaoke stripper in Cabin 17. Thanks for writing that story in. That was iconic. Grab your bug juice and bear spray, campers. It's time to pack it up and take a hike. Campers, welcome back to Take a Hike. This is the part of the show where we bitch a little. Bitch. We tell something to take a hike. I'm pissed off. I want to share with everybody why. Okay, so what's been pissing me off? Well, thank you so much for asking. So... <laughs> What's pissing you off, baby? Tell everybody. So this has happened when I'm watching a TikTok or any video, honestly. But that this happened like an during old person the way that you said that. One of those TikToks. When I'm watching a TikTok. When I'm watching a TikTok. I'm sorry. Go. When I'm watching a musically. Do you remember musically? Yes, I do. Um, so I'm watching a TikTok and this person's, you know, telling a story or talking, saying something funny, and I cannot pay attention because every 10 seconds there is a beep coming from their ceiling. Oh my God, yes. Can you imagine 
I paying don't. money and subscribing to someone's OnlyFans. You want to watch someone <laughs> do the horizontal hokey pokey, right? But you can't pay attention because every 10 seconds, the smoke detector is chirping from the goddamn ceiling. It's like, change your batteries, okay? I don't need to hear it chirping like a, a baby bird that fell out of a nest. It's a fire hazard and it's annoying. Take a hike. Yeah, you know what's really funny? At my last apartment, my landlords were never there. They were in Florida most of the year. And one time, the fire, fire like, beeper, what's it called? Smoke, smoke detector. detector. was beeping in my apartment at like midnight and I had to change it because it was it was so loud. It was like echo. And then I was in the middle of changing that and then the ones in the hallway went off. And I was literally at like midnight on a step stool changing, taking the batteries out of all of them because I didn't have like a nine volt or whatever. Yeah, it's a nine volt. That's what it is. It does suck, but I just think when you don't change your smoke detector, it is the essence of just being so fucking lazy. Mm -hmm. Like get up, get a step stool, take the battery out. And go get another one. It could save your life. Yeah. It's definitely annoying. No one's saying that it's not. But it's like, you just have to handle it, okay? Like, if you're not changing the smoke detector, like, battery, you're not washing your asshole. Because it's <laughs> that kind of carelessness yeah. and self-loathing. Yeah, you are not. You're just letting the water run down the legs. Yeah. Are you guys out there washing your legs? I know all the girlies are, but I've met some guys and that are like, wait, you wash your legs? Yes, I wash my legs. What do you mean? I know. I just saw a meme of that today about... Men not washing their legs. So gross. But this wasn't just one TikTok. It was like a lot of his TikToks of him talking over the past few months. Okay. so And it's chirping. Yeah. And how is that not just like like making your brain melt personally when the video is not rolling? Yeah. Uh, hey, I think it's just they're just used to it. Ugh. That is not a good quality. So let's change those nine volts, guys. Red flag. All right. So what are you telling to take a hike? You this weekend. Oh. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> Jonathan, sorry that slipped out. No, it didn't. Jonathan pissed me off so bad this weekend, you guys. So we were at a wedding in Philadelphia for his friends, John, Anthony, and Samantha. Congratulations, you guys. Congrats. It was a great wedding. So I had to wake up at 5.30 the next morning to drive to Massachusetts for my best friend's baby shower. I'm a committed friend. I do it all. Pat myself on the back because no one else will. And Jonathan is hammered and it's his best friends in the world. So the wedding ends at like 10 p.m. And I knew they were going to go out after, which I was like, babe, go out, do your thing, live your life, be, your, be yourself. But I really need to go back to the hotel because I'm waking up at five in the morning to go drive back to Massachusetts. So I was like, go out. And you were like, okay, fine. So you, I'm like already in bed and you come home at like 1130 and I was like, oh, he's already home kind of early from this. And no, you were just coming home to just change. Yeah, I needed to get out of my my suit. I was I was a groomsman. Oh, totally fine. That was that wasn't what annoyed me. What annoyed me is when you re-entered the hotel room at 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. I had just fallen asleep. And listen, right? Jonathan can do his own thing. That's fine. But what the take a hike is, is when someone's trying to be quiet. And it's not working, but you can still sense this like quietness. It's like, just just do you at this point because the, the it is so loud and I can tell you're not trying to be loud and that's making it worse. Like at one point you dropped something in the bathroom and went, shit. It's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Just turn the lights on at this point and play Carly Rae Jepsen at max volume because that would be less irritating than you stumbling around the dark trying to be quiet. I wanted to murder you. And then you know what I did? I woke up at 5 a.m., motherfuckers. I put the shower on high. I blow dried my hair. <laughs> you did I said, blow motherfucker, dry your hair. wake up, bitch. How does it feel? 
That pissed me mm-hmm. off. And I knew you were having fun. I knew you were hammered. I was. And I didn't say anything. I, I thought tell, I... <laughs> I didn't tell you this until today. Yeah, I, I was true. like, pick and choose your battles. I'll bring it up in the podcast instead and embarrass you. It was when you dropped something, I went, shit. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill this kid. It was just so obnoxious. I, okay, wait. Little context. So we did go if out to the bar to after. A little context if you care to listen. Um, so... <laughs> I, me and April decided to walk to Wawa after because that's far because because John Anthony and Sam, the bride and groom, had spent most of their time like talk, just going around and talking to everybody. I was like, okay, well, I noticed that they didn't eat a whole lot. So they did not eat. And we were Sam so did not drunk. Touch her plate. So I was like, okay, well, I'm hungry. So me and her were gonna go. So we went. and We needed like Shannon needed some food. So we were like, okay, let's cover all of our bases. What did you get from Wawa? I got a cheese hoagie. Thank you. Oh my god! You should have brought me a hoagie. So here, so I got you. I did bring you. Um, I you brought mean? you a giant water bottle and a Celsius, didn't I? Yeah, I wanted food, but you were asleep, and in my head, I was like, if I bring him a hoagie, he's not going to eat it. Oh, I would have. I, I would have fucking smacked I, the shit I, out of you. I, I would not it's have okay. woke you. It's okay. I, well, I, I woke up. I okay. woke up. Well, I didn't I, know well, that. The story I, was, I was. Up. I didn't know that. So I thought I did a really good job of being quiet. I come home, and this is what I do. I have my hoagies wrapped in in paper. It's a, it's a Sub sandwich for those of you, but so much better because it's not a sub sandwich, it's a hoagie. But it's like a giant sandwich wrapped in a whole bunch of paper. And I'm like, how am I gonna eat this quietly in this room? The bathroom. Oh, that's so, why. And I was up the entire time. I'm like, why is he in the bathroom this long and there's no water running? Oh, right I I thought I was being flat. I put the toilet seat down like a, a goblin. Like a nerd in high school eating in the bathroom alone. Oh my and god. And I opened my sandwich. I set up my little movie theater. I was watching YouTube videos on my phone. And I thought I was being sly. Was, are we hearing this, guys? Do you are you hearing the setup of someone who thinks they're being <laughs> quiet? I'm I'm putting a movie on. <laughs> Three feet away from the bed. This is what's pissing me off. Also, she just it, ate in the bed and put it on the TV at that it, point. This is what I'm hearing. This is what's so annoying. Exactly. You just come on, prove the case. Keep going. It also wasn't a door. It was like it, it was, was like a, those, it was a barn door. Those, the sliding one. Oh so there's no. You could hear everything. Everything. I'm doing a dual take a hike. Barn doors. Yeah, on a bathroom especially. On a bathroom, and then one almost comes off the fucking like yeah, hook of it. I was slamming yeah. it. I literally took my my shoes off in the bathroom. I folded my pants, and I had my little sandwich on the bath hey, on the toilet. Nothing hits like a one a.m. hoagie. From oh my Wawa. god, it was so. And uh, so April called me because our sandwiches in we're the, in the hell of it all were switched in the elevator. Oh, someone bad. someone switched. Our sandwiches. This is so camp counselors coded because it's giving parent trap, but yeah. with hoagies. Yeah. A parent trap hoagie. That's what it was. <laughs> so I, I'm like, oh, she calls me. I'm like, oh my God, Zachariah is asleep. Like, what's going on? She's like, I have your nasty mayonnaise and cheese only sandwich. Isn't that so weird? Just get tuna. They have tuna. Well, tuna at that time of night's a little weird. You love a cheese hoagie. What did April get for her hoagie? Um, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I didn't open it, but I thought it was weird that it was warm. I was like, oh, this is weird. It's a warm sandwich. I always get mine toasted there. Oh, I never. I don't toast a hoagie because then it's not a hoagie anymore. Well, there's an option to say toast to hoagie. There is. A, there's an option, but it's wrong. Well, you know what's wrong? Dropping something in a bathroom and going, shit. Well, I was trying and I apologize. And Someone, I know you I loved, I loved the trying, but then putting on a mini movie in the bathroom. That part I didn't have to do. But I wasn't going to open the door again and go get my AirPods. I didn't know where they were. Yeah, of course you didn't. You didn't know where anything was. You were like three blind mice walking around that room, smacking a stick around. Well, I enjoyed my sandwich. I'm glad. I didn't bring it up. I, I let it go. But yeah. you know what I did, guys? Don't, don't get bitter. Just get better. And put the hair dryer on on high. 
5 a.m. Yeah, you did. My hair was like getting quaffed while it, the birds were chirping. Mm-hmm. Do you think the new counselor likes the top bunk or the bottom bunk? Over. Either way, I'm giving them my boondoggle keychain. Over. Welcome back to Camper Crush of the Week. This is the part of the show where we tell you what we've been crushing on. It's either a, a who, what, when, where, why. Usually not a when, but or a why. It's usually a who. It's usually a who or a Who what. is your camper crush of the week, okay. Jonathan? <laughs> well, God. it's not a who. It's a what. Oh, I, I actually prefer when they're what's over who's. But mine's a who this week. But who's your what? So who's my what? And thank you so much for asking. So when I was home, I passed this Jeep that was parked. And you know those um, like wax figures of people holding hands? They do like a cast molding of yeah. you put your hands in the thing. I don't, know, I don't know why people do that. Because people love to spend money at a county fair. Oh, yeah. That's where it usually happens in a county fair. And then you see it like on somebody's somebody's like mantle. Yeah. But where did you see this one? Okay. So uh, anyway, I saw like half of one. I'm sorry. But it looked like a weird peace sign and it was kind of scary and it was in a Jeep. And I was like, ew, what is that? It was in the Jeep? It was in the Jeep. Dashboard? It, it was on the dashboard, but it wasn't a candle. Because my brother's like, oh yeah, that's the that's the Jeep. That's the Jeep peace sign. I was like, yeah, the Jeep I've, peace sign? I've heard of the Jeep peace sign, but I've never heard of someone putting a wax melt on their dashboard to represent it. You just usually do it with your hand. Oh, so they didn't even do it. They just let the, they let the peace sign just do it itself. Yeah, and I think that's like one of their fun little trendy things. You guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I didn't know what I was talking about because I had no idea that this was a thing. The It's called the Jeep wave, the Jeep wave effect. If you're like driving, if you're watching on YouTube, you're driving like this and you put like two fingers up, usually like three, like a hey, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a Jeep, so I'm it's not. It's Jeep culture. It's Jeep culture. And Jeep culture is a culture like no other when you're on the road. It is. It really is its own category. You're right. So I looked it up because I didn't believe my brother, but obviously that was really spooky. But there's obviously something to it. So the Jeep wave dates back to World War II <gasps> uh, when the allies driving Jeeps would use a wave as a way to identify each other and differentiate themselves from the enemies. Wow. When soldiers came back from the war, it was used by veterans mainly to acknowledge each other. So when you're driving and you see someone driving like the same model Jeep that was back in the war, you're like, hey, what's up? They're like, hey, what's up? And that's just kind of like a little camaraderie and, and that's fun. Do you remember when people used to put like Wilsons on antennas? Not a lot of cars have, a, you know, the Wilson, like the little, um, the volleyball from Castaway? No, but people used to have the Disney ones. I like those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little, the people don't have antennas anymore. They were fun and creative. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's not that people aren't doing antenna art anymore. It's that we're not seeing enough antennas. But then you'll see that one car with like a nine mile antenna. It's like, what are you fucking doing, CIA agent? Yeah. Were you communicating that thing? They probably have a police radar, a, p a police scanner. Okay, I have a police scanner. It's called Waze. It tells me where they're parked. I don't need a <laughs> nine mile antenna. Anyway. Uh, but then they also have the ducks, which you know about. I, I knew about this one. I love the duck one. The duck one's fun. So it's called Jeep Ducking. And I know somebody out there has a duck on their dashboard and they're looking at it right now. So what people do as well is they will put the ducks in on other people's Jeeps and parking lots. Yeah. So people will get like a like a probably a pack on Amazon and they'll put them on people's like little like handicap like handicap thing. The handles. handles. <laughs> yeah, the handles. I love That's that. Fun. I think it's fun. It's like a sense of community. It's a sense of like esoteric camaraderie. It's like if you know, you know we're in this together. But it makes me feel a little left out because I'm driving a 2010 Hyundai Elantra and I'm wondering like what we can do for my community. You know what's so funny about Jonathan's 2010 Hyundai Elantra that he hasn't driven in a year. It has the funniest sticker on the back. Go ahead. It's so embarrassing. Drag me while you're at it. It's so embarrassing. It's a dancing Nancy. It's the dancing Nancy from Dave Matthews Band, that girl that's like, <gasps> and every time we would get into it in Philly and I would see it in a parking lot, I couldn't help myself. I would have to do the dancing Nancy. Oh my God. I you do love, I forget it's there. But let it be known. The reason why this is so funny is because never once 
and our almost three-year <laughs> relationship has Jonathan ever put on Dave Matthews. I used, but you have the sticker? I used to love Dave Matthews. That I was love the, a lot of things. That, that was Dave Matthews was the song when we walked out of the wedding. Did you recognize that? I Ants marching. did recognize Ants marching. It. And I was a big Dave Matthews fan. What I happened? went to I went there was one summer where he was doing back-to-back shows in Jersey, and I went to those shows like three years in a row, like both of them. I both like days. Dave Matthews. I'm not shitting on Dave Matthews, but I think it's funny that you don't even listen to them. Yet you have a sticker on your vehicle. Yeah, I haven't listened to them for a long time, but I, I really used to listen to them he has all the one time. sticker and it's just the dancing nancy do you remember when he dumped that he dumped like his urine on his truck it was poop. that was in chicago it was more than urine it was yeah, poop. that was nasty. into the river onto the dancing nancy's yeah the dan- the, dan- the nancy's were not dancing when that happened but anyway world. i just i do just want to say maybe for the 2010 hyundai elantras if you guys are driving them out there and you see another one on the road maybe we can like have kazoos and roll the window down or uh like a write a little cute message on a tortilla roll it up like a scroll and shove it in the handle. I don't know, something fun like that. I just I, think something other than Jeeps need something. Yeah, the Jeeps have it all. The kazoos I think is really smart. Do you know that Jeeps also have like little hidden animals all over their car? On like the inside, right? Yeah, the, in the plastic. It's like it's like in, embalmed? No, embezzled? Not no. embezzled. What does it those. mean when you stamp something? Um, in, engraved? In, well, maybe engraved. Maybe a classic engravement. Um, it's like molded into it's, the. It's like it, they're hidden. Yeah. Like you'll put the bed down in the back, and you'll be like, "There's a little ladybug here." Like a hidden Mickey. That's. It's literally like a hidden Mickey, but they're hidden insects. Uh, Easter egg. Jeeps have so much fun. What's going yeah. on? Okay, so we'll hit the think tank and we'll brainstorm so a little. So is bit. your crush of the week Jeep culture? I think it's Jeep culture, and yeah. I, I think it would be fun. Jeeps and, are so fun. I want one so bad. Yeah. Well, your friend Carly was driving top down to the beach in the Jeep. You couldn't tell us anything. Oh, my God. I was like, give me a bralette, a, like a balayage, <laughs> and a large Dunkin' Ice coffee because- <laughs> And heart-shaped sunglasses. Yeah. And I'm wearing my little Daisy Dukes, and I'm getting all the boys to holler at me because I'm feeling sexy. Yes. Nothing makes you feel sexier than a Jeep down, with a Jeep at the top down. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Yeah. So what are you crushing on? <laughs> I'm crushing on a person this week, you guys. I'm crushing on um, Padma Lakshmi. Mm. Okay, so she, if you're not familiar with the name, she was the um, long-term running host of Top Chef on Bravo. I have never seen Top Chef. I've never seen it either. I didn't know it was on Bravo. Yeah, it's a Bravo show. Yeah, so if you watch those like really <laughs> funny old Bravo like summer trailers, have you seen those on TikTok? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always she's always in them for Top oh, Chef. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, like the Bra- Bra- summer Bravo or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she actually recently um, like stepped down from Top Chef after being the host and executive producer for over twenty seasons. She started in two thousand six. But the reason why I am such a fan of her as of lately is because I just started watching this show on Hulu that she hosts. It's a docu series called taste the nation mm-hmm. have you guys heard of this we watched one episode together two episodes together i really enjoyed it i thought it was good so if you don't know and you're not familiar with the show it is um it's a new docuseries on hulu and she describes it perfectly so she says like what even is american food anyway we throw around a lot of platitudes like nothing as Amer- is as American as apple pie. Well, apple pie is not American. Not one ingredient in apple pie is indigenous to North America, not even the apple. So what are we talking about here? Mm. And that's kind of the ethos of the show. So Padma for two seasons and one like holiday special has been traveling around the country, visiting like different parts of the nation, uh, primarily like different like immigrant groups and kind of like getting a deep dive into their culture. And like, so they describe it as the show is a radical departure from food television with its ability to highlight the way history, memory and trauma are woven through what we eat. Mm-hmm. 
community, immigration, and its connection to a sense of place and its food in America. So like a couple places she visits in the show, guys, she goes like the Afghan community in Washington, D.C., as well as the Filipinos in the Bay Area, the Cambodian community in Massachusetts. I haven't watched that episode yet. And the Nigerian population in Houston and like meets kind of its like, I don't know, core group of its community and talks about how like the food that they're bringing from their like respective nations, how it's been formed in its American community and what that kind of means as immigration as a whole. Yeah. It is such a thought mover. I love to watch TV that's not only entertaining, that also teaches me. Yeah. And I think it's just so incredible. And it's all across the nation. Like, I watched in Ohio, I think it was Ohio, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, now I'm like second guess myself. The about hot dog? The hot dog. No, I think that was um, Where Wisconsin. Was, was it Wisconsin? Or. Yeah, it was, it was somewhere in the upper area and it was a big German population, yes. which leads me to believe that it was Ohio because I know there's a huge German population in Ohio. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But like, it was, Oh, it was Milwaukee. It was Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. It was Milwaukee. Yeah. And it's like, think about it. Like nothing is American than a hot dog. Well, where are the roots of the hot dog? And it goes all the way back to like Europe and like the bratwurst and kind of talking about how like these iconic American foods really aren't as American. And I think it's a real like touchstone on like what it's like to what it's like to be an immigrant and how immigrants have always built this nation yeah and we're just such a melting pot and I'm that's just, what i was gonna say is like it kind of is like american when you look at all of these things together and it's it it is a melting pot it is and like yeah and i think like yeah so apple pie is american in a sense it's a melting pot but without respecting where it comes from yeah. you're not acknowledging its past and how this nation is built on immigrants and padma is just the most gorgeous well-spoken amazing host and i'm so happy that the show is being renewed again so that's why she's stepping away from top top chef because i think she's like i want to focus on this and like just reading like an interview about how she does this whole process and like on top chef she's always like glammed up in these gorgeous dresses and hair and makeup and she's kind of stripped down on the show because she's just there to really highlight these communities and not make it about herself all while guiding this conversation if you like food and you're into history and you want to just i don't know like um open up open up your mind and really educate yourself on different immigrant populations and where the food comes from and how it all kind of weaves into the American story. I know it's not silly, but it's so important and I love her and I love that she's doing this. And if there's anyone better in the world to do it, it's not possible because it's Padma. And she was also one of the, um, um, she was also on the cover of um, Sports Illustrated. I did see that. Yeah, Kim Petras, Martha Stewart. I saw like, that. Like just a trailblazers. And she, she yes. is a trailblazer and she sticks to her own and I just, I think she is just so well-spoken. I find myself watching the show. I was watching it last night by myself and I was just like, oh my God, these connections and the things that we are so ignorant to as people who are not a part of these communities that we take for granted that are really like fundamental to what it is to be an American. Yeah. I love her so much. I think she's so, like, if I were to meet her, I would be like so nervous. Before the the show, before we had watched it, I hadn't really like heard of her much. I'd seen like clips of her talking, but I yeah. didn't really know much about her or the show. And I really enjoyed the show you know me i like i like my research i like a little education here and there but i thought it was really really interesting and i also love a show where you like get to watch people make stuff and then i, I don't know i just love to see a final product me you know? too i love to like i watch so much food content and i have yet to see someone be so like and really like let these communities tell the story like she doesn't she kind of takes a back seat she's a great driver but it doesn't feel like it's so heavily focused on her at all i feel like she's using this platform in this show to highlight and educate people in a non-pretentious way and a non-political way when she's having important conversations where it's yeah. due it's it was very 
interesting and professional of her to have those conversations. Yeah, and then and then you're able to like deduce from yourself what it all means, but it always leads to like how like immigrate immigrants are like the backbone of this nation and how we are such a melting pot, but where does all of this food that we deem so iconic American as the apple pie and hot dogs, where does it come from and what are its roots? I think it's such a thought provoking show and I love it. I love that your crush of the week was so thought provoking and mine was like, yeah, we put duckies on the, on the dashboard. That's the duality of the Cam Counselor podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but we're always very passionate about what we're speaking about. And that's because we're two gay men. We're passionate people. <laughs> What song's been sucking your head all week? Welcome to Camp Songs. Welcome back to Camp Songs. This is the part of the show where we tell you what songs we've been singing all week. I'll tell you what Jonathan hasn't been singing. The hit song Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews. Crash Into Me. I love when he goes, you've got your You've, You've got, got your chain tied to me, tight, tight. I love that. Who's got the balls in you, my friend? Into your heart, heart. Be I could give one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sweet like. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, this is the part of the show where we tell you what songs we're listening to, and we will be listening to Dave Matthews after this. Jonathan, what song has been stuck in your head all week, baby? Okay, wait. Can I just say one more yeah, time? I go. said this a couple of episodes ago, so you guys can listen to all of these songs. Every single one that we've ever mentioned is compiled on a playlist you can listen to for free on Spotify. And I don't know. I don't know if it's one of y'all who keeps reporting it, but I keep getting a thing, like an email sent to me from Spotify and the image is gone and the title of the the playlist is gone and it keeps happening. Every time I update it, it's like being reported. Listen, if the gays could fight back the police at Stonewall, we will fight you guys in person down by the docks. So whoever you are, show yourself because we are not going to tolerate this sense of bullying. But while the podcast, I mean, while the place is still available, <laughs> you should listen to it. Yeah, it's I just, I, don't, I like don't know what to do because so many people saved it and I keep, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's bizarre. Somebody help me. Does anybody work at Spotify? Please help me. <gasps> oh my God. If someone works at Spotify, help us. Wait, I think we know someone who works at Spotify. Maybe we should. Okay. Anyway, so let me get back into my camp song. What so is it? I was on the train yesterday business class sharing a seat with a woman I didn't know didn't anticipate on knowing we had a little one too but I'm gonna keep that between me and her anyway <laughs> I'm looking out the window and I have my headphones in and I'm like okay I just want to I want to like listen to songs that make me feel like I'm on like a coming of age journey of course that's such train energy so my camp song is called hostage it's by Sia and not a lot of people know it. It was on the same album as Chandelier. It came out in 2014. But campers, your assignment right now is to listen to it. Not now. Not now. After this episode, go listen to it and tell me that when that chorus comes, you don't feel like it's the end of a rom-com where there's like this overhead shot of a city and it's zooming out when she's singing like, it all begins with just one kiss. I'm out hostage by your love. Like, and then it's zooming out and then the credits start rolling over like, over Central Park as you're seeing like the tops <laughs> of all the trees. And then it fades to black just in time for a little box to pop up on the side of the credits. And then they start playing bloopers. Ugh, I love when a movie plays the bloopers at the end. Oh my God, that's like my favorite thing in a movie. So I'm telling you this again, we're going to listen to Dave Matthews and we're going to listen to this song and you fuckers should too, because it's such there's, I'm surprised that it hasn't been used in a movie. Honestly, it might, it may have been. 
Now that I think about it, it may have been. Maybe I didn't hear it. I'll check IMDb. But it just gives that energy. I've never listened to a song for the first time. Like I listened the first time I listened to it in 2014. I was like, this is what it is, and it will never not be. End credit music from a rom com. Well, it's just got that great energy. You should listen to it. I'll listen to it. But I'm not a fan of Zia. No, no, I think she's so weird. I think she's weird. That was mean for you to say. I'm no, that's sorry. okay. She's weird. She's spooky. She's I'm in my different. problematic era. I don't know. You <laughs> now lo- you issuing an apology like Haley Williams. I'm so sorry for what. Do it on our Discord. Listen, you love her. She puts a Christmas album out, and you're basically like drooling. Maybe I'm living on Candy Cane Lane. Um, but what my big takeaway from that was was thinking about bloopers and the credits. Yeah, can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. When I see a blooper in a credit. I'm, like, getting, like, anxiously excited. It, like, thinking about it right now, I want to scream. I'm like, ah! I know. It is really fun. It's like, oh, my God, I remember this scene, what they're doing. Oh, my God. Kirsten Dunst, if she, like, laughs during her line one more time, that, girl, we got to get through this scene, girl. What a funny actress to pick for this blooper scene. Well, because I picture immediately Bring It On because they have that. Oh, they hey, have Hey, Mickey, it's a fun. Like, they do that over the song, and then they do the bloopers. The best one is, what was it? It was, um, it's Melissa McCarthy, and she's in that movie. And oh, it's that scene. Mm-hmm. What With movie was Leslie that? Mann. Yeah, it's Leslie Mann and Was it Jason This Bateman? is 40? Yeah, no. maybe this is 40. Maybe. I don't Real know. Virgin? No, I think it's This is 40. Something like that. That's a funny one. Yeah, she was ad-libbing it and they just played the whole thing. It's funny. Why don't they play the bloopers anymore? Why don't they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. And that's just what I'm leaving it at. Why don't DVDs have that fun little animation in the beginning? Whatever happened to... Scene selection. True. Bring me back to that time. Whatever happened to that half of a song on the Monsters, Inc. DVD that used to loop when you got 45 seconds into it? What was it? It was the... It's, it was their oh, theme song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we, found, we found it. It's right, it's right here. Yeah. It's, you just it's found me. it. So, actually, that's my camp song. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it too. Okay, so what is your camp song? My camp song of the week is a song that if you don't love, you are no longer a member of Camp J.D. Birch. I'm just joking. No, seriously. It is Candyman by Christina Aguilera, which came out in 2006. I've said it before and I'll say it again. 2006, 2006 was the, the glory, glory time of music. music. It was. It was like the best music ever. Like the pop girlies were out for blood and they did not stop putting out hit after hit. It's a 1940s military dream excellence. Very reminiscent of the Jeep wave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Jeep military. wave effect. I love that. Um, the creative team like literally just woke up that day and was like, let's make a World War II like gay dreamland. Yeah. And I think it just like is my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite music video of all time, but it would definitely be my top five. Mm. It is so good. Um, can I ask you a question? Please do. What scene in that music video do you think makes me absolutely thorough? The one where she does the Jeep wave. No. It is seeing Christina Aguilera in three different hair colors playing her own doo-wop group. She's blonde, brunette, and redhead. And some people on the YouTube comments were saying, like, I had no idea that it was her and all three. It's clearly her, but they CGI'd her all into one section. And there is not a woman in the world that can pull off every hair color like Christina Aguilera. She's a Neapolitan queen. As I do every episode of this podcast, I will sing a few bars of the song. 
He's a one-time shop, makes the panties drop. He's a sweet dog and sugar coat a candy man. A sweet dog and sugar coat a candy man. It's like swing jazz. She doesn't scat in it, does she? Yes, she does. He got them lips like sugar cane. No, but I mean scat like where... Babe, she does. She scats. Yeah, it's a transition. Like... She does. Okay. She, hey, she's into scat play. It's, it's just fine. like weird for them to like have like a weird like swing ballad. It, someone was saying in the comments on YouTube, I'm not sure the like the truth behind this, but it was like for someone to be in the, the, like the prime of her career and to do like an R&B like blues, like jazz kind of album with a pop take on it was like really kind of like controversial and like it wasn't like an easy, like safe thing to do, but she did it and it was so successful she did do a lot of horns yeah and, and that album specifically so this was on um the album back to basic that ended up coming out in 2007 but this was a single the first single off of that was ain't no the man mm-hmm. ain't no the man can't stand next to you another horn heavy hard hitter it was and then it was the song hurt which was more of a ballad very sad but that that whole um music video was very water for elephants reese witherspoon if you know what you know um but there's a, a little uh, outfit she wears towards the end it's a little blue number she looks like a like a like a sexy little navy yeah. navy woman in it, but um, I'm obsessed. Like Khloe Kardashian when she first judged on RuPaul. <laughs> kind of, yes, a little bit of the sorts. Um, and there's one line that she goes, "He's a one-stop shop with a real big uh." Oh yeah, towards the end, scandal. What? Where do you think this peaked on the Billboard Hot 100? 10. 25. I wow. know. Isn't that shocking? That's shocking. I love that song so much. It's like 275 million views on YouTube. Well, I think also because she had so many other... I, I don't know. To me, it was a massive, a massive hit. But I'm curious as to what Ain't No Other Man hit. Yeah, that's it's probably true. above it. That song reminds me of that LG chocolate phone. Yeah, we were talking about that. You guys remember that LG chocolate commercial that used Candyman's sound mm-hmm. song? That was amazing. That was the cell phone commercials back in the day. They were like competing with like Apple. Like the creative teams back then were a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember because it looked like a little chocolate. And that was when they started introducing the other colors that weren't just black. Yeah. They had like red. And for some reason, like I think it was green. It was there was one color. Green. Yeah. There was one color that just didn't fit with the rest of them in the in the chocolate theme. They were like melting. They were in a chocolate Mm -hmm. factory. That was a really cool commercial. Mm -hmm. I know. Of course, they're like Candyman, LG chocolate. It all just made so much sense. Obviously. Marketing geniuses. Okay, guys. So listen to Sia's song. Hostage. And Christina Aguilera's song. Candyman, you can make it your ringtone on your LG chocolate phone. Scary stories around the campfire. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to camp. Oh, sorry, scary <laughs> stories around the campfire. What you're doing is really spooky. I'm doing scary tiger. Whoa. Oh wow, sexy. Okay, so this is the part of the show where you we read emails from you guys, either scary stories or embarrassing stories, whatever you want to send to us. You can send it in on our website at campcounselorspodcast.com or campcounselorspod at gmail.com. Gmail. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive into this one. Is it scary or is it silly? Um, Surprise me. Neither. Ooh. It's... Let's just get into it. Hey, Camp Counselors, Zach and Jonathan. I love your podcast. I LOL so many times during each episode. Keep up the good work. Thank Thank you so much. We're going to do our best to keep up the good work. Love you. So I have a scary slash embarrassing story that just happened to my sister this week. And I instantly thought of sharing it with you guys. So here it goes. 
first off, I'm hoping that the sister was pre-warned that this was submitted because we're reading your embarrassing story, girl. And it <laughs> is embarrassing. My sister worked at this Mexican restaurant years ago in college and always noticed this cute guy who would come into her bar. They never talked. She just thought he was really cute. Years later, this year, she sees him out at a bar and with a few drinks in her, she strikes up conversation with him. She introduces herself and explained how she recognized him from the Mexican restaurant she used to work at. They had playful banter and that was that. Uh, then they run into each other the next week at a different bar. And my sister jokes, so when are we going to go on a date? And soon after, they had a date on the schedule. Well, that's cute. That's a little meat cute. You know, we had a history. We crossed paths and it just not, nothing ever came of it. And we always talk about how like hard it is to like meet people in real life nowadays just based on like how the world is. So like it does kind of sound like start to a Sia romantic comedy. Yeah, that's going to end with Hostage by Sia. <laughs> that song sounds like a lot more violent than it is. I promise it's not like a weird song. Anyway. Um, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so they have the date on the schedule. Super cute. Love that. Before their date. Two days ago, she writes, uh, I came over to my sister's house to chat and hang out while she got ready. She was really excited for this date because he seemed like a really cool guy. She did mention to me in a joking way that the only possible con is that he might be balding. Hey, listen, as a fellow might be balding sister over here, you can't let that stop you, okay? <laughs> I dropped my sister off on her date so she doesn't have to Uber and told her to have a good time. The next day, I checked in with her to ask how the date went, and she said she had so much fun, there was so much chemistry, and they had a lot of things in common, and he basically swept her off her feet. However, what? she said the most embarrassing thing happened on the date. An hour into the date, when she knew this guy was actually cool, she texted her roommate, a text that said, he might be balding, but accidentally sent it to him on the date, like while he's sitting across the table with her. Wait, on the date? Yes. No. Did you uh, see it? So <laughs> she was like, uh, she said that when he got it, uh, he tapped her and showed her the text because that's how she found out she sent it to the wrong person. Oh. So she sent it and didn't realize it. She sent it and he's like, hey, you sent it to me, baby girl. No. And she goes, oh my God. He says, yes, I am balding. And then she said, I was joking. No, I was texting that you weren't balding. And she tried to lighten up the situation. Girl, there's no getting out of that. You can't lie you your way out of that get out of no that. way. No. <laughs> she said to him that she felt so awkward. He was like, no, don't worry about it. And then she took it like a champ. Uh, I'm sorry. He took it yeah, like a champ. He took it like yeah. a champ. And it made her like him even more. So this was two days. This date happened two days before she sent the email. So as she's as our camper is writing this, my sister has not received a text from him since the date, even though she said he could tell he was having so much fun, too, even after the text mishap. She feels a little sad about it because they clicked so well. Maybe oh. it just wasn't meant to be. She's so mortified right now thinking about it, and I'm sure one day it'll make her laugh. Love you guys. Girl, we need a follow up. Anada's also talking about it while it's still like a fresh wound. I that know it, sucks. It, it just happened two days, but well, she did. She did. Send she this a should weeks reach ago. out. Yeah, and be like, "Hey, I really liked you. Did you not like me? I I don't like the gray area. Let's get black and white for a minute here, and just be like, what is the tea? Did you not like me? I hope it wasn't because of text. Because like, listen, she fumbled the bag. She fumbled the ball hard. Yeah, but it doesn't. Well, I don't know. In his position, maybe he's just embarrassed. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I did that once. I think I told it on this podcast before, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But yeah. I, I was talking about the guy that I liked. 
accidentally sent it to him instead of my friend. And I was like, how do I tell so-and-so that I don't want to go to his party? And I got a text back that said, you just did. I was mortified. Yeah. You know what I do a lot? Not screenshot something they post and send it to that person? No, I, it's a conversation. Like, I've been in a fight with somebody and screenshotted it and then sent it back to them by accident. And then they're like, da, da, da. And there's literally nothing you can say. Because we all know what was just happening. <laughs> You're like, uh, I didn't uh, do that. It what, was an accident. What did you mean by this when you said that? I wanted to be specific and send you a screenshot of exactly what you said. Yeah, what did you mean? Yeah, the full page of conversation. <laughs> that line, though. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, when that happens, you, you just, just have gotta, to deal with it. You gotta deal with it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. The, re- the fact that she was like, she was trying to backtrack. It was kind of like, no, no, no. I meant that you're not balding. He's like, no, I am. And if, we both know it. If that happens to any of our campers out there, guys, just like own it. Like, just own it. Lisa Rinna would say, own it. Okay. Mm. Um, wow. She's not the one we need to all be taking advice from. But that piece of advice, I will agree with. Yes. Just own it. So that's pretty much all we got for you this week, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next week for the baby birth of <laughs> Camp Counselors. We love you so freaking much. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. And with that being said, lights, lights out, out, campers. campers.